Does the day you were born impact whether you're a great leader? Can astrology unlock the pathway to leadership success? Hi, I'm Josephine Corcoran, holistic career coach and astrologer, and my podcast, Astrology for Leaders, Aligning Your Career to Your Purpose, is where we'll find out. I've been an executive coach for over 20 years, facilitating and training leaders to achieve professional and personal goals and practicing astrology for the last 15 years. I also appreciate the profound impact of connecting leaders to their unique astrological blueprint to give them access to their leadership abilities around governing, strategy, communication, relating, driving and empathy. Over the coming weeks, I'll be interviewing leaders using their birth chart as a lens to explore how they've harnessed their strengths, overcome challenges and found meaning in their work. My desire in sharing these accomplished leaders' stories is to demonstrate the extraordinary benefit of understanding your unique astrological blueprint to enable you to work in a way that is equally impactful and fulfilling and to learn a few interesting facts along the way. In this week's Astrology for Leaders, I'm so excited to be sharing the microphone with Australian surfing legend Tom Carroll. Tom's story is one of personal and professional leadership, which has traversed the tides of deep personal loss, being the king of his craft, addiction, transformation, spirituality, reinvention and inspiration. Tom grew up in Newport, part of Sydney's Northern Beaches, and he won the Australian junior title in 1978, the Pro Juniors in 1977 and 1980, and the 1983 and 1984 ASP World Tour, and the 1987, 1990 and 1991 Pipe Masters, so three times Pipeline Masters and Triple Crown of Surfing Winner, which is extraordinary. In 1984, Tom won the surfer pole and was inducted into the Australian Surfing Hall of Fame in 1990. And in 1991, he won Australia's Surfing Life Peer Pole and eight years later was inducted into the Huntington Beach Surfing Hall of Fame. He was inducted into the Sport Australia Hall of Fame in 1992. Tom has also experienced drug addiction and subsequently rehabilitated. As a result of that experience, He's commenced a journey into the world of meditation and spirituality. He now teaches Vedic meditation and is on a brand new exciting journey while still furthering getting out into the surf, teaching people and inspiring children and adults around the world. Welcome, Tom. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Jo. So just to kick off for today... I've wanted to find out from you, what does leadership mean to you and why do you think it's so important for people to step into their leadership qualities today? Mm. Yeah, uh, well, leadership, yeah, what does it mean to me? Really, uh, I feel um, leadership comes about kind of naturally as a, as a, a kind of, um, you know, circumstances in life come along and and you step into certain you know in initiative kind of roles taking initiative so um we can take a new path say or we can stick this one path out 
and mm -hmm. we'll just go through whatever time we need to go through here so we can get a vision for the future. Well, we don't want to live in the future, but we can get a vision for it. And mm -hmm. so I think uh, the, lead, the, the natural leader will just get a grasp of that uh, and, and get right down to the action of putting it in place now. Mm. And look at, you know, look at the resources uh, and get clear on the resources at hand. And I think, you know, quite often it doesn't need to be, I'm going to lead a whole bunch of people into this and I'm going to do this and I'm the great leader, da, 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 da. It's more or less, um, <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. But I just got a Twitter message. <laughs> that said Donald Trump's going to say something. <laughs> so anyway, um, it's funny, you know, that sort of thing, you know, I, I don't need to be, I don't think a, a really good leaders um, put people into place and how people and help people see their leadership roles and really help people, you know, engage themselves and their skills uh, in in to help the actual help that vision come out of come about of maybe a better life you know maybe a better uh, more cohesive and coherent life so that's for me uh, and you know whatever that might be and and it could be anything um, it's just from you know leading the day out you know leading the day in leading the day out um, and and just and like I said, it doesn't, you don't have to be Donald Trump. You don't have to be, you know, um, Scott Morrison. You don't have to be, uh, I know my, my, you know, I always, I've always had an older brother, you know, he's been kind of led me down the path in many ways in really good times, really good things. And sometimes I took it too literally, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, and I needed to go on my path. You know, so if I was to say, to sort of get clear on that, you know, well, I watched my brother who's got great leadership qualities and he takes initiative, da, 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 da. And I've had to, you know, it's just learning from these people too. And that's another kind of leadership role. So uh, I, I don't see, um, it's, it, it takes many forms. And like I mentioned a moment ago, we wake up in the morning and we lead the day in. And... Um, yeah, and then in the evening we lead the day out. So yeah, that's a really that's a really beautiful expression for people to hold dear. Mm. And how lovely that a lot of that's come from inspiration from your brother. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for listeners out there, Tom first had his chart read back in 1988, I discovered, and we shared a coffee a week ago, and he re-examined some of the key signatures in his chart. And Tom, so just how, how did the process of re-examining your signatures, how did that shift or alter your perception of using astrology for self-awareness? Or if it didn't alter it, how, how important do you think, well, not how important, but how, how can astrology help shift people's awareness? Well, I think we're just super forgetful. Uh, we're so absorbed in our surroundings, you know, from day to day, from moment to moment. 
uh, it, we kind of easily, and we're so absorbed in what other people think, da 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 da, goes on and on, and how we're looking at the world, and there's a lot of distractions, and we're constantly taking on the world. We forget. <laughs> we just forget who we are at some level, and we're trying to hold on. And then when someone comes along and starts going, okay, well, so this is, this is your chart. This is your signatures, like you said, and this is it. And, oh. Oh yeah, and something inside me goes, ah, that's that really is the case, and I get reminded. I get reminded of something that's already inside me. The information is already sitting there. It's not like anyone's saying anything really any new, you know. It's, but it'll come as a surprise because we forget, and we go, oh my god, yeah, that's what I'm kind of like, and <laughs> and then start and get really interested. I get really, I get interested in why am I re resisting that? You know, that's kind of cool you know I go oh why am I sort of going oh no no I'm not like that du, du, du. <laughs> <laughs> but deep down underneath that oh yeah that's right you know that's cool and then that's what I got that's what I got out of it I got reminded uh and it's you know um and it's sort of I don't know what it does it serves to sort of forget to forget I don't know some some part of us maybe wants to forget uh, maybe that may be the case for people and it's sometimes been the case for me, but it's, it is really nice to be eventually reminded about something that we already know. So we can really get the made to get the full connection going. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, thank yeah. you for that amazing description. <laughs> well, let's, let's have a bit of a dive into your chart. Um, so, Tom has got the sun in Sagittarius and he's got the Mars, which represents his intrinsic drive. And actually Mars is a strong signature for athleticism. So having Mars right next to the sun, which is who you are in the world and how you shine. And so both the sun and Mars are in Sagittarius, the sign of adventure and discovery and international travel. So immediately we look to that and we see there's a strong freedom of spirit that's, that sits deep within you. And I can't help but go, well, you know, n no, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Considering, you know, what you do, what you do for a living. But I was just saying to Tom before we, we started to record this, I was keen to get a bit of an understanding, but what's been the motivation, what's signatures in the chart that lead to being, becoming a world champion surfer, not just a person that's passionate about getting out there and surfing. And there are a couple of core aspects, but it, signatures in the chart. And Tom's North Node, which is a part of the chart that's connected to your destiny and your purpose, mm. lies in Leo, which is the signature for being, for shining the light and for inspiring others. And because it's in the first house, it's like, I'm here to shine. I'm here to perform. I'm here to be at the top of my game. So I'd love you to just talk a little bit about that sense of adventure within you and how that's propelled a large part of what you've done or how that has propelled what you've done. Well, guys, so lucky to be born. You know, when you get, okay, okay, think about what you just said. And I was just so lucky to be born uh, by the ocean in Australia 
as a freckly little guy like me, uh, to be just born and be beside the, the the natural elements, and so I could dive in it and be fully immersed in it, uh, pretty much on a daily basis. Once I had a taste of that, it just sparked it up. I couldn't I couldn't say no. There's no way. I was, it was almost sort of felt like it was written in me. And so I, and I look back, I was, I had to get up and get going in the morning before light. I loved mm. it before light. And that was almost kind of mystical, kind of had that conjured that sort of, I don't say mystical, what do I say? It's kind of like, it, it, it just drove my imagination wild. And so, uh, when I got up early in the morning and I spent time in those early hours and by myself quite often with my surfboard, sometimes I'd just sneak off because my brother would never wake up. So uh, he would sometimes accompany me and then I'd maybe meet some friends down the beach and and it would be like, a, and I'd get on my bike and ride with my board and I was so lucky to live that distance with a bike and a board. Yeah. It was only a few hundred metres to the beach. So how lucky... I mean, the whole thing to kind of fall into place like that. So that sets off an adventure. So then, you know, the, every day was an adventure, um, particularly the way the weather moved and changed every day. And every day, every surf was different. Every wave was different. Every surfboard, the different surfboards, the, the beaches. And I go, we walk around, take adventures round the rocks to Bulgola, or we walk over the hill to Bungan from Newport. And it'd be like a day adventure, you know, adventure, you know, we'd just do these adventures. It felt like a real, this was it. And I just, I was lit up by that stuff. It was not even, I was lit up by those adventures. And my, then my father went, right, I'm, you guys are going to have to learn something here. You know, he must have thought, he never told us why. I'm going to teach you guys a little <laughs> something used to... Okay, so you like surfing and you want to go on a surf trip, do you? Okay. You know what? Let's get some camping gear. And I tell you what, get your buddies. We're going to pull you in the car and see if they can come get your parents. Okay. Back then, you know, in the 70s, it's like, oh, they just came with us in the car. I, I just was, I was off the adventure. I didn't know what the details were. But the, but the one big detail was he'd just leave us for a, a week, five days. Oh, on, on your own. Yeah, and we're like 11, 12, 13, you know, that age. And we had to have a amount of food and we had a tent, sleeping bag, surfboards. And I'll see you next Saturday, this time. Boom, he'd be gone. <laughs> okay, he would have like, we had like a dollar each or something. If you're lucky, 50 cents. And, and we'd be miles away from a shop. So we had to make do with our food. If it go out or something, ate the food. So the, the whole thing, which did, one of those monitor lizards used to, oh, we used to stay at Fraser Park or down the South Coast and, and, uh, and he did, you know, thankfully he turned up. But, but, <laughs> and, but we, we have a ball. Like it was the best. I thought that was the best. That was like, I could do that easy. It wasn't. That felt, uh, I can't really remember details of those trips today. 
Mm. Yeah, isn't that interesting? So yeah. that so that sense of adventure just was always there. Yes, it, it, it's it's interesting what you just said about you always got up in the morning mm. and before sunlight. Before. Well, before sunrise, I should say. I loved it. Mm. I loved it. What what was it that you? What particularly did? What part of that did you love? Um, just the generally, you know. Um, I think the quietness, just the the, the peace, um, and the sense that I'd actually I'm feeling the kind of day in in, in peace, in quiet, uh, and noticing noticing the nocturnal kind of to the day kind of space. You know, quite often. You know, I really, I really loved just sitting in that. So that was already in me, that kind of urge. Uh, and I like to go outside and adventure, maybe even climb up a tree <laughs> and sit in the tree. I had this tree in front of the house. We, I grew up in a house at 209 Baron Joey Road, just across the road from Bungan Beach. It was two, row, uh, two lanes, one each way back then. And our whole front yard was the western edge three lanes of the road so uh this you know on the western side of the road and our driveway went wound up to the road through those that big the way they came and changed everything up um i remember my dad just going okay we're out of here we're not going to be living here with a big retaining wall in front of the house we're out and we had this um tree out front which I would, I remember just loving, just especially on a wind, no wind morning, I'd just wait for the, if there's a no wind. And I'd just, um, you know, put my, put some clothes on and then just go out and climb up the tree and sit in the tree. In the dark sometimes. In the dark sometimes, yeah. And as the morning came, in the peace of the morning, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Because there's, because what's also interesting about your chart is when you first look at it, it's like, it's not really, I'm not, it's not screaming, look at me, I desperately need to work hard to become famous. In fact, there's a big part of your chart because you've got so many planets beneath the horizon where, which suggests this quite strong need for privacy and being able to retreat. And you were born in the nighttime. Mm. So there's obviously something about that that peace and tranquility and privacy that's connected yeah. to the night time that must yeah. bring some sense of being able to be connected, you know, deeply connected to yourself and the environment. Mm. It's a it's a very important time for me, and uh, I yeah I definitely love those those times, and I guess I am in some to some degree. I feel able to connect with myself when I have those private moments. If I'm, I know that I've been exposed to a lot of people <laughs> in my life and a lot of crowds and a lot of people and, and I'm fine with that. Like I'm not, I'm not, um, and I'm fine with communicating with a lot of people. Uh, but I may even notice at the moment as I get older, I'm getting a little bit more, um, it's more precious that private, those private, Private times. Mm, okay. To some, yeah. I'm, I may be going deeper. I don't know whether I am, but 
I may be going deeper, but in order to to do what I'm doing now, I, I mean, I need to connect. I need to really connect. So yeah. it's more important, and and it's richer now than ever. Yeah. So, okay. So um, it's those early mornings, those times. If I'm missing them, um, I get just uh, discombobulated. I kind of feel um, I'll just I'll just be a little bit scattery. You know, I just um, I'm easily like that. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And that that probably leads nicely into exploring that um, the essence of there's a part of your chart you have got. A, a really lovely archetypal pattern or known as the mystic as a mystic rectangle which mm. has got a spiritual spirituality mm. spiritual essence to it if you like mm. and it, it incorporates the moon which is a symbol of the mother mm. and that's connected down to this part of your chart which is mercury which is how you communicate and um also venus which is how you relate to others and then neptune which is the desire to escape and to imagine so mm. those three th uh, parts of you are connected and then that connects up to this part of your this this essence within you that has this strong commitment this strong daily work ethic this ability to and mm. desire to turn up and be committed to what it is you're going to do on a daily basis and work hard towards something and then finally, that all talks to your midheaven, which is your, your public profile. So there's something in there around um, the role that your mother has played and also this, this deep sense of meaning for, you've got the moon in cancer, so home is always going to be important to you. Mm. And also with these planets in Scorpio and done in the third house, that's a deep, uh, very rich spiritual kind of essence mm. and given that you're now teaching meditation mm. with those planets in in scorpio there's a very strong connection to the essence of spirituality and meditation so can you share a little bit about the work that you're doing and how that's come about and how and and even your thoughts about where at this stage your your vision of where you'd like to take your vedic meditation well, yeah, the big one. I, I just think, um, well, you know, like I would have never thought I'd be a meditation teacher. But like, you know, say, you know, particularly, you know, you know, I, you mentioned in the prelude uh, introduction that, you know, I suffered addiction, a drug addiction, and that that was that addictive nature was really, you know, we I know that we all have the seed of it in us. It's not a uh, you know, they, the Buddhist talk, talks about it, or Buddha talks about it as, as attachment. You know, we all have attachments, and that's just addiction. And it's nothing bad or good. It's, not, it's just the way it is. It's in, us, in, in, in the system. It's structured within us in consciousness. So we, we, uh, we have this stuff going on. I, being one that want to take things a little bit further than... <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, we'll do that. Now it seems to be a part of you know um, life. You know, and I and I you know had all these opportunities. Da, 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 I got bounced around in and out of addiction, addictive, um, and then drug addiction particularly. And then, well, that that's like you know uh, the corrective experiences involved with doing that 
become pretty profound on the soul, like, uh, well, on the, on your being, it just, you know, you keep doing one thing and you get told that, oh, the universe kind of comes along and slaps you in the side of the head. Hey, Tom, you better stop that. (laughs) And you go, oh, uh, mm, something in here, consciousness or conscious, your conscience is going, yeah, maybe you should listen to that, Tom. And you're going, ah, comes another opportunity, comes up and you forget. That voice was even there. And then boom, happens again, slap over the head a little bit stronger that time. And so that was happening to me over about a five year period, pretty strong. Slap, slap, baseball bat, baseball bat, boom, boom. Don't do that, Tom. Don't do this. You're going to go this way. Oh, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, so willfully kind of driving one way while the universe is telling me to listen to what's going on. So this is taking. This was taking me out, and I'm sure drug addiction, you know, if we were to go around and call every single person a drug addict or alcoholic or person suffering from the extreme, even though it's nasty to see that they're a bad person, we've got it all wrong completely. And so we hit this, we're just hitting the wall. We're we're punching the ceiling, the spiritual ceiling. We're just going for, we're going for God. Basically, we're going for the experience. We just need to get there. And unfortunately, it can get ugly. Uh, and it quite often needs to be to woken up just to, uh, to fall in the, in the fetal position. <laughs> and then, you know, literally have to go through this phase to turn around and ask for help. As soon as that happened, when I asked for help, the, that's when everything started to happen. All this really cool stuff that I had no idea was available. Like, God, addiction's like basically ego going, squeezing us into this narrow, narrow, little kind of conscious state. Like, it's so narrow. You become so caught up. You know, you notice people, they never move out of this one room. I wouldn't move. You, you just give me the drug. I'll just stay in this one little... Like, I'll stay in the corner of the room. I'll just stay in this little box. Just leave me alone. I'll just use drugs, drink alcohol. I'll do whatever I can. Just leave me in the box. You can go away and have everything I've got and just leave me with nothing, just this. And so things get so narrow, but we're punching the ceiling with it hard until we have to finally kind of turn around and there's all this cool help and there's, you know, because you've been trying to pull it off on your own and that's such a common thing. So... That's when all this really cool stuff started to happen. Finally surrendered myself to, um, to the honesty, mm. to the deep truth within. So the deep truth within just pop, pops. So that's when I started to become open. Then all of a sudden that conscious state that I was living in just all of a sudden poof, opens. I know it sounds kind of... Uh, it's you can call it a spiritual awakening and I look at a moment, but it's it's just it just comes about and all the thing all of a sudden your view starts to sort of widen and all this really amazing stuff you start to see things completely different. It's really tricky because it seems like this it seems too much to be honest at first. So that's a really tricky time, early recovery, uh when we're really sketchy because we you need a lot of help, we need a lot of friends, you need a lot of love around mm. us. 
And that's when all the good stuff can come in. So meditation came in at that point. It made a lot of sense to me uh, in the 12-step program, which is a beautiful, beautiful, um, a beautiful process, like divinely structured process in order to recover our our state, our, our spiritual state, and and recover it and actually allow it to blossom so you can help others and be of use. <laughs> Finally, yeah. you're not stuck in that little square box. So, but in that there's meditation in the 11th step, sort of prayer and meditation. So prayer and meditation became a part of my life. I never thought I'd ever prayer, God, meditation. No, like, no, nah, not for me. You can, no, I can't do it. I can't meditate. I'm not going to sit down and, and, and look at my neighbor. What are you talking about? I was definitely not for that. So it's very surprising, you know, that that moment when I kind of popped, punched through the ceiling, popped, <laughs> and it all started to kind of come in. Uh, it sounds kind of wish-washy now, but it was very, very incremental. It came in. And I knew, and, and what you said about what's in my star, about showing up, stars, about what's show, showing up, knowing that I can, I know innately that I can show up. I know that I can actually show up consistently and it worked for me when I wanted to get really good at surfing. Mm. Uh, I could actually train and put things into place and see results. That's when we start really see results, when you get consistent with, uh, you know, applying skill work at anything we get consistent with that we don't waver off the path we just stick to it oh, okay mm. we really find out what's not working what's working and so that's what helped me i'm sure knowing innately that i could show up on a daily basis with uh, a meditation practice mm. started off very very small and and it always has to with anyone who's coming to it for the first time. So that, that started the path. And of course, you dive into this <laughs> and, uh, and all kinds of kind of things happen. Um, but what was described to me, which was really good, which is, you know, uh, that I'd heard about, which resonated with me from people who, who were in recovery for many years. So I couldn't, didn't make any sense for someone not to use drugs for for me, not to use a drug for more, you know, to use every day. So, and when it, for for thirty years, what what are you talking about? You never yeah. haven't, you haven't put anything in you for thirty years. I was listening to these people uh -huh. meditating, and they were saying, "Yeah, addiction is literally first thought wrong." So, we need to get a gap between that first thought and the action mm. and the next, the second thought. So the second thought will get things moving in the right direction. So our first thought will take us anywhere. Second thought, oh, hmm, let's sit back. Now how do I get to there? I needed to get to sit and breathe and come to my least excited state. Now I know that stuff, but back then I was getting told that I was getting the message. But that's how this started. And I just stuck to it and it started, I started to witness it happening in my own self that it was a self-realisation. I could see it happening really clearly 
that this is happening in my life and things started to change for the better. There was nothing kind of went, even though a lot of stuff was, had to change and it was quite painful, uh, I could move through it with the support that I had. The support, and, and, and like you were saying, I, I just want to interject there because I think this is so profoundly important. Like you were saying, everything's about getting good at anything's one turning up every day, one mm-hmm. step at a time, not mm-hmm. in judgment, just mm-hmm. in action. So, Bingo. And, yeah. that, and it's tricky today because we get so much, so much. I, we get this really, I mean, it's been going on forever. It's not like just today. But the instant um, gratification thing mm. uh, in, 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 you know, the electronic media, the, the, the stuff that's coming to us constantly today, particularly is really tricky because it's like, a, it's like this whole, a whole bunch of obstacles coming to kind of stifle you away from that ability to, to hey, step in, show up and incrementally gain results. Uh, over time you get really good like you see the genius come out of a great uh well my ballet my my daughter grace ballerina like and my oldest daughter who's a great ballerina and my young my, i'm talking about my kid but sorry no that's all good <laughs> seeing them seeing them show up and do their thing and see the genius come out it just mm. comes out the genius will come out if you show up it just does it's just it's nat- nature's universe doing its thing through us. So, and that's been my experience. Which is a big part of leadership. It's showing up. Mm. It's showing up every single day. It's committing. Yeah. It's being there. It's being responsible. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So there's, in terms of that, um, that part of that mystic rectangle that I was just describing with the moon in, in Cancer in the 12th, um, this this connection with your mother and her having quite a profound effect on your life and there's a part of there's another aspect in your chart which is a connection with the wound and we all have a wound in us somewhere but the part of your chart that's connected to the wound opposes this part of your chart with sudden and unexpected change and change that that wasn't expected so on the one hand there's this there's there's this wound in within side of you and this other part of you where there's this desire to well this this aspect that's innovative and um really wants to create is there to to change and to transform Mm. and equally there's the part where you're the part which is in your chart which is connected to the moon which represents your mother that's there's a strong feed there into the water aspect and water being a component that's quite healing and cathartic so can you perhaps share a little bit of the story how you see the relationship with your mother Mm. and what happened with your mother and how that's impacted Mm -hmm. your journey yeah, it's it's pretty like it says profound. You know, mother son relationship is very powerful. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I lost my mum uh, when I was ba- well. I watched her. We watched her. We used to go to. She 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 died of pancreatic cancer when I was seven. Um, in 
um, shortly after my seventh birthday. So actually into the, the next year. So my seventh birthday was, is, is 1968. No, 1969 in May, she passed. But um, it, she, she was dying kind of slowly of this pancreatic cancer. And I, we would go and visit her in hospital, a lot of hospital time. And I think I was just too young. I didn't know my brain, you know, I hadn't fully emotionally, I didn't have the power, the, the cognitive power to understand emotionally what was going on. Mm. I don't know, you know, and, and so, but I was witnessing it. There was no two ways. I was watching it all happen before me and wondering what, what was really going on with my mum uh, and knowing, you know, it's quite often, you know, I didn't have, I, didn't, I, I just didn't have the capability to sit still anyway, <laughs> but actually just to watch it, you know, and just go there and see mum and see, see her in this space. And I just, I just kind of almost thought it was normal. It's kind of funny when I look back at, you know, and um, and even though I had experiences when, with her when, when I was young, I've got really clear memories of her being around the home and, uh, and loving me and, 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 and I know that she was very sensitive and very intelligent lady. And she, she really loved us and took good care of us and had all that stuff going on. And then she suffered and went down pretty quick. I mean, I guess it's incrementally, but um, she came out of hospital this, you know, for Christmas in 98, I mean, uh, um, 68. 1968 and uh, we'd been going to the beach. We just loved the beach. We just, we lived close by Newport Beach. We'd, you know, we'd, we'd um, spend the summer at the beach a lot. Um, we had a surfer plane, like which I call, you know, it had two handles on it, sort of a rubber inflatable uh, uh, surf, surf craft. And that used to be spread between Josephine, my oldest sister, who's five years older than me, my brother, two and a half years old, is right in the middle, and then me, you know, and then, and of course, it was in between Nick and Joe. <laughs> and, and Joe, you know, Joe wouldn't get that off, Nick would get it. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so it was a bit of a tussle. Um, and, and Joe just let him have it, and then he'd take over. But that's cool, you know, very competitive between Nick and I. And, uh, and um, anyway, that Christmas came about, and Nick used to just he used to read a lot of books. But there was a word going on around the house. And Joe, well, yeah, I, I'm not sure dresses at that point should have been into all, you know, like looking the part as a young teenager, you know, or even a little bit before that. So she was, uh, and, and I remember there was a word in the house, oh, there's a surfboard, oh, someone's going to get a surfboard. And I'm like, what? I, when I heard that, it was probably Christmas Eve. I'm like, no who's going to get the surfboard? I've gone, oh, well, then I just sort of rationalised it, you know, that oh, Nick's going to get it. He's old. He always gets the things. I get my hand-me-downs. So I'll, I'll may, you know, maybe if I'm lucky down the track, I'll get the surfboard if he doesn't like it, you know. Maybe that was a, a thought, but I thought I'm not going to get it. And we woke up in the morning, yeah, it's Christmas Day, da -da -da. we get a sack of stuff at the end of the bed, all bits and pieces. My grandmother was actually looking 
after us at that time, which was my mum's mum. She was in the house too. And she was really caring and, and quite straightforward lady. Uh, she, anyway, she, she, she was wonderful. But uh, I remember going into the bedroom and mum was in bed with dad, and she, but she had to stay in bed at that point. Yeah. And she, and then I remember we were all in the room, you know, it was all happy Christmas and, and uh, you know, Josephine got something. I can't remember what she got. Nick got books. I remember that. I was going, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God, where's the surfboard? <laughs> Before it even appeared. And then mum reaches out underneath the bed beside her and gives me a surfboard, this, this foam surfboard. And I've just gone, oh my, no. It's just like the most, oh, it was an amazing moment. You know, this surfboard coming out from underneath the bed. It was a foam surfboard. It was green with this, with this racing stripe, yellow racing stripe down it. And uh, so, you know, I had to go straight down. <laughs> like, we have to go now. <laughs> we got to go. So, so it, was, it was trying to, it was champing at the bit. So and the I, adventures began. The adventures began from there on in. And, uh, you know, mum left us. And, and then, I, you know, like it was already enough of water time and understanding I needed to have wax. <laughs> I needed to, you know, do all this stuff. I needed to get the right shorts and stuff. I didn't, we didn't have wetsuits. And I didn't have wetsuit for a couple of years. I literally surfed through winter in a, in a Newport Breakers surfers surf, uh, uh, footy jumper. Uh, and a pair of cut-off jeans, <laughs> a little rash. But uh, I was at the beach as much as I could and, um, and I just hound my father. Like, he's going, oh, my God, why did we give him a surfboard? <laughs> I'm sure. But, um, yeah, Dad would, um, you know, I have to wait until he was afternoon snooze, you know, like or something. But I remember that, just trying to wake him up. Come on, Dad, let's go to the beach. So, and that, and so in in so doing, mum's given you the surfboard, and then the loss of mum. Mm. What surfing did to support you? Yeah, and see how uh, Mother Ocean, you know, Mother Ocean sort of held me from there. It's just it's just beautiful. There's nothing out of place. There's, it seems to be there is absolutely it's all well and wisely set. Mm. You know, whole piece um if i can you know you know i didn't i couldn't see that um for many years i didn't see that until i came in recovery you know at some level inside me fought it some something inside me sort of was trying to deal with it with the ocean um learning how to surf really well it takes a lot of time a lot of time spent sort of figuring the ocean out and understanding the water and what it's doing. And I'm sure, you know, this, this sense of something missing, I could feel a connection in the water and it'd fill me up. So in the water, I would get filled up and the ocean definitely means a lot more to me than just surfing. <laughs> but it's like, it's, uh, the ocean is, you know, the way it helped me and the way it, you know, put me through all the challenges, da 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 da, and I got super comfortable with it really quick. Yeah. Uh, but I was, um, I think, having that natural um, physical connection, that intelligence in me that sort of connected, and 
that would work in my favor. I didn't know I had it. I was just, um, it, it, at that time, I wasn't really, I was just doing it. Yeah, <laughs> was, yeah of course. There's no like, uh, uh, even though I'd look at, um, I eventually became exposed to, um, you know, all the, my hero, what, what I'd see as my heroes or the people I'd like to emulate, da 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 da, and recognition, da da da, all that sort of come down the track. So, but then as in, in formative, year, formative, formative years was just all, all about adventure. Mm. With my friends and just, yeah. And, um, and in doing so, no doubt really helped alleviate that tension that was going on. Yeah. You on a subconscious level. Yeah, I can't imagine if I was got stuck in a place where they, that wasn't available, I would have been a completely different human. Uh, my condition mentally probably would have been really, really tricky and uh, I think with yeah the ocean the water the exercise the mm. physical connection to nature it um, it supported me big time yeah, yeah. I, I do also want to just um, explore for a quick moment there's part of your chart that's connected to your ability to be incredibly innovative and quite transformational mm. how when we spoke you you, you talked about some aspects that I'm keen, I think listeners would be interested in hearing about your, your interest in um, being innovative and supporting the transformation of the sport, which has been your life. Can you, t can you talk a little bit to that concept? Uh, well, I can, I can remember being, um, you know, quite driven on and very connected. I loved surfboard design to, to start off with. I just loved the feeling of the board and what it looked like and what it was doing uh, underneath my feet and, and, and wanted to understand a little bit more about and feel it. I wasn't sort of a, I'm not like a, what would you say, a mathematician of any sort. I'm a more of a feel and sense and, and, feel and sense and notice and I really liked uh, changing things up on my circle just to feel what was going on. Uh, you know, we used to do all kinds of things like add fins and put things here and there, which a lot of, uh, there was a lot of other innovators in surfing. So I was inspired by them and watching mm -hmm. them do it. And we, I came at a really lovely time. I actually, uh, probably would have liked to have made more surfboards myself. Now, when I look back, I just was able to access people to do it for me. So I was, uh, but I was involved with them. I was in the shaping bay, creating the boards with them and, and actually looking at how the manufacturing process took place and was really loved the dimensions. I did, as far as, it's more like a physics thing in me. A mm. sense of, of sense of the physics involved underneath my feet and the action in in the natural forces at play. Okay. So all those things became uh, a part of the equation to kind of go further into surfboard design and performance, particularly performance. Um, you know, with the with certain designers and the way I looked at surfboards and and so on. And then it went on to you know, I looked at other sports. It wasn't there wasn't any real training uh, techniques in our sport when I came mm -hmm. along. There was no no preparation at all. There, there was there was just uh, you know. And then I started to look at other sports and see you know 
a tennis player had spent eight hours on the, on the court, you know, a day, five days a week. No, or spend you know hours, and then you know like a racing car driver that spent hours, and then I'd look at track and field athletes, hours. I'm going, what's going on here? You know, there's, no one's doing anything in surfing. You know, maybe, and then getting exposed to people who wanted to see me do well, and they are going, oh, have a look at this, what this person's doing, and then I go, oh yeah, look what they're doing, and I started sort of bringing in just naturally as I like. Um, there was actually injury involved. Mm. So I smashed my knee really Pushed yourself hard. Pushed myself hard. So injury became a teacher. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting because that connects into the wounded healer that I was describing earlier. Okay. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Injury becomes my teacher and it teaches me <laughs> to sit still. <laughs> 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 to sit still and and learn uh, from another perspective. So I had to start to sort of, you know, rehab myself. There was no such thing as kind of rehabilitation in the 70s. It was just like, oh, yeah, you just take this and go, you'll be right, you know, like <laughs> the doctors sort of um, bless them, really. I mean, you know, for all the work they do, some they just didn't know, you know, but they didn't know what they didn't know. So... Uh, and now they know a lot. <laughs> now we know a lot. Um, we've got so much at our disposable, disposal. Um, but the drive for me to come back to surfing, to come back to the act of being in the ocean in a free state, you know, with my body in, all in order, because I knew my body was pretty good. Like it, it, uh, it did, did some really cool things, you know, it's, it sort of exercised well, it just sort of kept me out there and I could go for quite a long time. There was no, and I'd build, I'd build strength pretty quickly. I'd, I'd build fitness pretty quickly and it came to me naturally. Uh, and uh, as a result of those injuries, I was able to learn how to um, do specific exercises for surfing and actually study other sports for surfing. And and uh, I started getting great gains from that. And okay, so that was quite innovative at the time. Other other your competitors weren't doing that. Not many, and they were just like, oh, what do you know? Particularly going down to the beach and warming up and getting the body warm and 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 doing specific exercises on the beach. The guys would just rag on me. They go, "What are you doing? You know, you just, oh, just what do you think you're doing? Being real pro." You know, like, uh, you know, you, yeah. <laughs> and so you think you're so, uh, some of them get really angry at me. Oh, God, what is, what's your problem? I'm just, what is your problem? Some of them just get, think they're so cool. Like, you know, like, oh man, you know, that's so uncool. And it's tragically cool, you know, like, I was like, <laughs> whatever, I'm going to have fun. And that's, that was it. It was just sort of basically to get really good so I could just have more fun, you know. And doing that despite what others thought, I think that's a driver in your chart too. It's like this is what I need yeah. to do for me. How yeah. has that then transcended into perhaps the sport itself and your thoughts on how you could the sport could innovate? Uh, well, I've always thought of that um, and gotten some frustration at, at the kind of trying to get ideas um over the line in 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 um, what is supposed to be a pretty open kind of minded sport but it's very structured and 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 rigid in 
things in areas. So I have some ideas, but maybe <laughs> I don't know how to explain them very quickly, but it's, uh, but I still got these ideas flowing and they do come. So it's, uh, and I, and I, and it's just a way to present and I start to think about how people look at surfing. I'd love to, I love a lot of people to understand surfing and what it does and how it is. And through competition is one way because we've got these amazing athletes, incredible genius coming out of these young athletes and, and, it, and it placed in the right in the in the in the right sort of energy, that will just um, you know, it will just keep flowering. And when that happens, it that when that happens, I know that I get a kick out of it just looking at it and where I come from. But if someone has never seen surfing and they're trying to get understand it, it's a bit tricky under the current system. To it's a little bit of an inside job. So to be able to explain it and get it out to people that have never surfed before and get a kind of a, a connection to it. So at the moment, it's going to be really key for the sport itself. Uh, and or it's ongoing growth, yeah. Yeah, so it's on, mm. ongoing growth and actually seeding the next generation of great athletes in the water, great water women and men who can just really get their expression up there. Because it's really, we're just expressing ourselves in the ocean on a way dancing if you like absolutely uh, yeah that's a really lovely concept dancing yeah, on the waves yeah, it's the ocean. Beat of your own drum because yeah. it's not uh, there's no you, know, you can put music to video but when you're on the wave you've got your own music in your head <laughs> you can't put those plugs in your ears and try to listen to music while you're surfing you don't hear it because it takes so much concentration so but um I'm uh, forever fascinated in where evolution has taken us on the way. I'm just watching what the kids are doing now and the great athletes, uh, you know, at the top of the world in uh, WSL. So, uh, I'm, you know, I pushed away from it for a while and now I'm sort of slowly being drawn back into it. Mm. And and um, I suppose just for the benefit of listeners, uh, we have been so blessed to have Tom be involved with our son surfing mm. recently and just the sheer joy obviously of my son and his friends connecting with you Tom yeah. but it seems like it's mutually you know there's a there's a there's a both parties are benefiting so there's a mm. part of you that's inspired mm. to support there's no question that you just love seeing people surfing and having a great time yeah surfing Mm. Well, you know, I, I kind of came to the um, conclusion, you know, like after driving really hard to be the best at it, <laughs> which you get a little glimpse of it. And now I understand, you know, that, uh, you know, how kind of trying to hold on to that's kind of useless. <laughs> I found that out. And that, and that the one in the water is the best surfer, really, is the one with the biggest smile on their face. <laughs> You know, so really, that's it. That's it. When it's un unadulterated laughter and joy, yeah, then you're in your highest state. You can't be any higher than that state. You know, and you know, it's, I, all, it's all there. It's not at someone else's expense, and it's just all coming out. That's it. It's the best. Mm. That's gold. You that's know it. what? 
that probably makes the best leader as well. You know, the leader that has the ability to smile and just show they're having an amazing, amazing time. So, so there's so many things that are going on in your world now with the surfing and the meditation and teaching, and we haven't even gone terribly deep into the teaching, but what could, what can listeners look out for next from you? Good question. Well, um, as far as, um, you know, out of surfing, yeah, I've been, you know, started to, well, I've actually qualified as a, a Vedic meditation teacher. So I've had my first few um, initiations into the practice and I've got a few coming up. So uh, I find it really interesting that I'm in this space. It's not something that's, you know, I, I've got you know, like we all do, we set up all these little barriers of sort of resistance in ourselves, you know, to sort of, I don't know, they all, it's just, it's just, they're just basically in the way of really good stuff happening. But I do that. I go, oh, oh am I sure? Am I ready? Am I ready? Am I ready? Of course you're ready. <laughs> so I'm so ready. And, and when we do it, it's been fantastic. So I'm just taking the slow walk into this and, uh, Trying not to rush things and can bring it back, Tom, and know that this sort of stuff is is life changing for people. It yeah. just changes people's lives, and for the better. You know, this is uh, a need of the time. It's really clear that had the benefits are so profound to the system that um, at the moment. At this point in time, I, I couldn't be doing anything better, really. But it's just one of those things that's coming and it's come to me naturally as a course of um, life. It's not like I, you know, oh, I'm going to be a meditation teacher. You know, it's just, uh, it's just happening and it's really, it's really amazing. Um, and like I said, I've just got to step quite often. I've, you know, just like us all, we've just got to get ourselves out of the way and let it go, let it go, let it happen. So that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm still in that first stages. I mean, like, I feel like I'm in kindergarten. Yeah. You've planted the seed. You're watering the seed. The shoots already come through. You are well on your way. Yeah. And, and the people that are going to, that are your students now and the students of the future, they are going to absolutely thrive as a result of their interaction and engagement with you and the process and the skills that, you're, that you provide them with. And I'm sure we can see more of you out there on the water and having a key role to play. Tom, I want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for, for sharing so much about your life story, what motivates you, what's inspired you. Well, You're an absolute inspiration. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on. And thanks for the reading. I, yeah, like, it's, like I mentioned, yeah, it's sort of, it, even listening back on this and hearing uh, a little bit more about it, I mean, you know, when, when I listened to you, when we had that meeting and you listened, you gave me the reading and stuff. I still go, oh, what did she say there? Da, da, da. So I'll come back and tap in as we go. Is that for real? Is that for real? You know, <laughs> I'll do that if that's okay, Jack. Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, you have an amazing afternoon. Thank you so much, Tom. Thanks, Jack. All right. Yeah. Take care. Bye. If you would like to know more about me, visit josephinecorcoran.com. 
I work with individuals and organisations supporting and creating sustainable change in careers and workplaces. You can also follow me on Facebook. Just go to at Josephine Corcoran Holistic Career Coach and like the page. And also my Instagram account at josephine.corcoran. Love to connect with you there. Thanks for listening. And I look forward to you joining me for more leadership wisdom here on Astrology for Leaders.